What up, bros, and welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot, a bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we'll be talking about a shit ton of pops. I'm not going through all those. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's like all you have to do. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so we got some Looney Tunes pops coming out. Well, actually, that already came out. Uh, we got some Pokemon pop. See, I told you I screw up every single damn time. <sighs> just get through it. Shit. Quit your bitching. <laughs> I just got a horrible flashback with you saying that. What? Like, I got a flashback of what someone said to somebody that was a very tragic event. What? <laughs> so, a uh, little history right here. Okay, so, do, do you know a lot about the, the Columbine Massacre? Yeah. Okay, so, when Eric and Dylan are in the library, and, like, kids are, like, freaking out, and they're under the tables, one girl is crying, you know, like, uh, you know, like, of course... And Eric Harris says to her, quit your bitching as he's walking by. How does that give you a flashback? I don't, no, it doesn't. It, it No, it reminds me of uh, when they did. Uh, have you ever heard of a thing called Zero Hour? No. Okay. So they did uh, like a reenactment of Columbine. And so the part of him saying that, that just reminded me of it. You, I, I don't know why. My brain's weird. Okay. Dude, you're really weird. I it's like it's borderline creepy how much you know about Columbine. <laughs> I know it is. I know. You know how like oh come on like everyone has like that one his like tragedy or historic thing that like they find interesting learning new stuff about. And I promise I'm not like a serial killer here. <laughs> yeah, cuz that sells it. <laughs> Dude, uh, I don't have a single tragedy that I know that much about. Well, I'm just really effed up in the head, apparently. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, everyone has that one thing that they're interested in learning about. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) As a matter of fact, they do not. (laughs) So then I probably shouldn't add, I've literally read every single book there has been written on Columbine. Bet. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. I promise I'm not that effed up. I promise, everybody. <laughs> yeah, because that sells it. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on before I make even more myself look weird. <laughs> um, I should have said anything. You probably shouldn't have. Ah, uh, whatever. Like, That's an odd thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> I should on. have. <laughs> well, damn it. Ah, uh, whatever. Um, after that, coming in the new year, we got some uh, new Pokemon Pops coming out. Uh, so we'll be talking about some of those. Uh, and then for a uh, new Funko Shop exclusive, we got Charlie Tuna. So we'll be talking about him. And then uh, we got some new Disney Funko Pops coming out. And then uh, we'll be talking about a new ad icon coming out. Uh, Blu-rays, we got jack shit. Except for they are doing... <laughs> oh, my hell. <laughs> I have to bring this up. They're doing a Blu-ray release of I Swear. Caleb and I Swear it's a porno. It's called Chloroformed. And it came out in the 90s. Dude, just watch that. It's like something that's like tragic. <laughs> yeah, I'm I know. I'm going to look it up. Oh, I'm going to feel like an absolute dick. Uh, 
But while Caleb looks that up, uh, through the wall, we really don't have anything, uh, except for, uh, we got a, like, a picture of, uh, the Winter Soldier's new suit, uh, for, it was kind of like a, uh, a fan took it while Sebastian Stan was, like, out and about at, I think, at a coffee shop. So we'll be talking about that, and then we'll be talking about the first reviews for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and Cats. Uh, so that's gonna be interesting. Uh, we don't got anything for this week's sneak peeks, uh, and then we'll be going over uh, the top five box office from this past weekend in uh, What's in the Box. And then for our main event of the evening, we'll be doing our All Bros breakdown of Jumanji, the next level. Did you find anything? I'm still looking. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, you ne- do you need the year of the movie? No, I know the year. Okay. Um. So... Yeah. Hopefully, Caleb. I really hope it's not a tragedy. <laughs> Someone feel like such an asshole. Yeah, let's see. I'll get into it with uh, when we get into the main event. Oh, the news. Okay. All right. Well, what do you say we get started then? Let's do it. Alright, first up with Adventures in Hunting for Pops, we had a two-pack that came out, I believe, this past week of Wild Coy- Wild sorry, Wild Coyote uh, and Roadrunner, which was a two-pack, and it was available to the Funko Shop, and this thing sold out pretty damn fast. Um, I'm not a huge Looney Tunes fan, so I wasn't like itching to get it, but it was pretty damn cool. I'm So, whoever got it, congratulations, and I feel bad if you if you really wanted it and you missed out on it. Your face is, like, making me scared. <laughs> you totally should be. Why? It is a porno, isn't it? No. Damn it's, it. It is so much worse. Oh, go- like, we talking about, like, Cannibal Holocaust worse? No. So, this... I'm pretty sure this is based off of a true story. Oh, shit. This is six... So, this is the description that they have for the movie. Six tantalizing tales about the phantom photographer who wanted to take some very unique, and that's in quotes, shots of five lovely ladies all wearing bikinis, posing like they had just been murdered. Needless to say, the models didn't particularly care to pose for such photos. A slight, in quotes, (laughs) whiff of chloroform provides the... In quotations again, the perfect solution to his problems. (laughs) (laughs) And this is based on a true story? I I, I don't know if that part's true. Let me find out. What the fuck? (laughs) um, Sick world we're living in with sick people. Okay, it very well... No. <laughs> Are you on the IMDb page? No, I just searched the Phantom Photographer. Oh. Um. Yeah, I don't need a photography job. <laughs> <laughs> there is a book. Oh, there's a book. It must it's be a, true. It's in book three of the Murder in Marin Mysteries. 
Interesting. Um, okay, I don't. It might not be a true story. Huh. Yeah, it, I don't think it's a true story. Okay, all but, right. So I don't feel as much of a dick. But still, <laughs> who comes up with that kind of movie? Someone messed up in the head. Someone that would end up being the phantom photographer. <laughs> Seriously, though. Uh, all right, anyway, moving on. Uh, after that uh, awesome two-pack, we got some uh, Pokemon Pops coming out uh, this coming year. Uh, we got Cubone, which I definitely want that. I love Cubone. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Growlithe, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and then Ratata. Yeah, I think they're just going to go through, like, all the major Pokemon. I th- I think so, too. I yeah. They better do Meowth. That's oh, all be I, awesome. That's the only request I have. Yeah, they had a few more, but then it was just, like, they only listed them as Pokey 1, Pokey 2, so, like, that kind of I'm stuff. taking a guess. One has to be Meowth. That would be really cool. I hope I, so. I don't know how they would do some of the bigger Pokemon, though. Like Snorlax? Snorlax, I think, would be easier. But, but I'm thinking like Charmant or Charizard. That's true. Charizard would look I feel weird. Snorlax, you have to have him be a six-inch figure. Yeah. And then like with Charizard, it's just kind of like... You need like a ten inch, yeah, or a six inch, yeah. Like Charizard, I'm sorry, I have to have a ten inch. Yeah, and then same with the uh, Blastoise. If they do him, true. I think the only one, like the, it's weird because like so Squirtle works in like a normal sized figure. Yeah, I can see War Turtle working as a normal sized figure too, but Blastoise, I I cannot see that I can't one either. working out as a. Normal size. Like, some of these have to be big. Like, Cubone, I get, is small. Yeah. Growlithe, I get, it can be small. Radita can be small, too. Yeah. It's just some of these bigger figures are, are some of the bigger Pokemon are not going to translate well if they have normal size. I hope they're doing Psyduck soon. Psyduck would be cool. That I really want a Psyduck. Yeah. I want to... I only need to get Squirtle and Charmander. So we can do the whole video of my daughter choosing her favorite yes. Pokemon at home and <laughs> don't have to go to Hot Topic. I'm going to sneak in a Pikachu and just watch she she picks him. Ugh, that would disappoint me. Throw a Pikachu! As a starter? Alright, fair. I'd be like, eh, you can't handle Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> so I gra- that's right. Alright, and disowned. <laughs> She's only disowned if she picks Charmander. Okay. Alright. My favorite's Squirtle, so okay, good. She can choose Squirtle. Yeah. I have to be in the right mood to pick Squirtle if I start a new game. Yeah. But nine times out of like a hundred, I'm going to pick Bulbasaur. Alright, fair. Alright, after that, we got our first appearance, Electra, which will be coming to FYE. Yep. You know more about this, so... So, this isn't one I necessarily am... Actually, I I don't have an Electra, do I? I don't think you do. Nope, I have a Daredevil and Bullseye. So you need an Electra. I do need an Electra. I'd also like to get a, a first appearance Daredevil. 
You know what they need to do? Jennifer Garner. No! (laughs) You can go to hell. (laughs) No, that'd be so dumb. So this might be one I I might pick up if it goes, if it's cheap enough. Okay. Or if I can get like a decent deal on it. Good luck, because FYE exclusives don't really go on sale a lot. They don't go on sale? Not really. Unless it's mass produced. Oh. So, we'll see. Lame. Alright, uh, next up, we got a Funko Shop exclusive that came out, uh, this past week, uh, and that was Charlie Tuna. So, the tuna's good, I wouldn't want the Funko Pop. <laughs> but, make some good-ass tuna, I'll give him that. I'm actually not a big fan of the tuna. Really? Yeah. Well, my mom makes a really good tuna salad. Ooh, tuna salad's amazing. Yeah, but she makes like a freaking bomb ass uh tuna salad and she makes it like in a sandwich and puts it on a croissant oh oh there are few things better in this world (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right and then after that uh we got a chinese new year mickey which will be coming out this next year and what makes this even awesome is because this year will be the year of the mouse makes it even awesome even more awesome shut up okay (laughs) Hey, if you just talked right, we wouldn't have be. Never mind. Yeah, I'm the one. Continue. (laughs) So it makes this even more awesome. Er, just to piss you off, I'm going to do that. Uh, This next year is the year of the mouse, so that makes this even cooler. Hell yeah! Is it the year of the mouse or is it the year of the rat? Mickey, he. It better not be the year of the rat because he's a mouse. He's not a freaking rat. (laughs) <laughs> His name is clearly Mickey Mouse. No one says Mickey Rat. Yeah, it's the year of the rat. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> no, okay, they can't do this then. I'm pulling it. Dude, so... There's a difference. So, yeah, the year of the rat. So this is... That's interesting. My daughter's going to be born in the year of the rat, and we were both... Oh, I was. You weren't. Technically. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep saying technically, because being born on New Year's Eve should, like, not count. No, it still counts. (laughs) Don't you forget it. (laughs) 1022, bitch. (laughs) Are you shitting me? (laughs) We're that close to midnight? (laughs) Oh, damn. Yep, I was that close. Yeah, so my daughter and I you know, are going to be the... The born in the same animal year. Okay. Or... You, know, you know what's the best part? Was uh, my grandma was telling my mom, you better make sure that he's born before the new year so you can claim him on your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it now. <laughs> my grandma knew where it was at. <laughs> So they're changing it to Year of the Mouse, but oh, it's really uh, the Year of the Rat. Okay. Wait, what? You do you know what the Year of ninety five was? Uh, I will find out while you because I am interested. All right. Uh, after that, the Year of the Rat Shh, bullshit. <laughs> um, we got uh, a Diamond Edition Mushu, which I think is coming to Hot Topic, right? I would assume so, considering that's where like every single Diamond Edition. 
is going, but I'm going to double check really quickly. Um, it's the year of the pig. <laughs> it's a fat joke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, so this will be a hot topic exclusive. Um, and I don't know if there's a release date on it. Yeah, I don't know if there is either. I, but we haven't even gotten the normal Mulan ones, have we? I don't think so. Not yet. Oh, we'll be releasing in January. In January? Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's like a Chinese New Year thing, too? Uh, yeah, probably. That's what Well, actually, Chinese New Year isn't in January, is it? I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, let's see. We're doing a lot of Googling tonight. Yeah, we're learning so much. And you get to go come along on the experience of learning stuff that you probably don't really need to know. I almost, but it's fun, too. I almost asked, what is, when is the New Year's China? <laughs> January 25th. So it is oh, in January. Okay. So it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Alright, uh, after that, uh, we got the Morton. Was it Morton? 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 The Morton, Morton Salt Girl coming out. I actually want this. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. Why? I don't know. Like, growing up, I felt I put, like, salt, not salt on everything, but I was, um, did you ever put salt on your scrambled eggs? No. <laughs> okay, I do that. I still do that to this day. And it's always a uh, Morton salt. So I'm like, you know what? I kind of like nostalgia. I kind of got to get this pop. I'm the type of person that doesn't put anything that the cook does not put on my food. Oh, you're a pussy. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like I'm courteous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you kind of are. Like, honestly, like, I'll see, like, say, like, you go to, like, IHOP and you get, like, hash browns. People will, like, drown that shit in syrup. I'm like, how the hell can you even taste it, then? Yeah. Like, if, yeah, I'm the type of person that will just eat it. I'll put a little ketchup on it, but not that much. Actually, I don't I put use, anything on it. I'll actually usually put syrup on them. Ooh. Have you, uh, Cracker Barrel does Ooh. these loaded hash browns that are the shit. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. They so it's the hash browns that they make super crispy, and then they put melted cheese and bacon on it. Holy, oh! <laughs> All right, let's put this thing on pause. Let's go to Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to Cracker Barrel, bitches. <laughs> but dude, no joke, it is the shit. It is oh, so good. That sounds amazing. Oh, you have no idea. I feel like Homer Simpson drooling over a donut right now. Dude, so I actually got it on accident the first time. So I Story we to, time. Yeah, so we went to Cracker Barrel. I think it was just some random Sunday. Okay. And, yeah, I ordered what I usually get, which is the Mama's French Toast. Okay. And I wanted extra French Toast, and they offered... Uh, like a side, and I was just kind of like looking through, and I ordered the hash browns, but they brought out the loaded hash browns, and I was just like, "What? What are these?" And they're like, "Oh, these are our loaded hash browns." I'm like, "I just wanted normal hash browns," and this is not a very interesting story now that I'm like saying <laughs> it out loud, but I'm gonna finish it anyway. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I was just like, what the hell are loaded hash browns? And then they're just like, oh, it's just cheese and bacon. And they're like, uh, do you still want it or should I take it back? And I was like, I, I guess I'll eat it. First bite into them, whole, like, I, the, the gates of heaven opened to me. <laughs> And I saw the face of God. <laughs> Dude, they are so good. They are so good. <laughs> anyway, that's my lame story for the day. <laughs> I found it interesting. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to be like, this is unacceptable, but I'll still eat it. <laughs> no, that's just the kind of person I am. I, I, whatever they put on my plate is what I'm eating. I will not add and I will not like. I'll typically not remove anything. Okay. Unless I specifically tell them to remove something. Okay. But even then, I'll still eat it. <laughs> like, if I say, hey, no pickles, and they put pickles on whatever, I'm like, I'll nah. still eat it with the pickles. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Because <laughs> I ain't wasteful. <laughs> uh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't put salt on things. <laughs> This is an amazing just, story. Just tying it all back. <laughs> truly, truly fantastic story. Uh, anyway, so we got nothing in Blu-rays. <laughs> uh, so moving on through the wall, we got our first reviews for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and Cats. Both ain't pretty. Nope. Uh, so basically what I'm seeing really from The Rise of Skywalker is... J.J. Abrams tried to correct so much in the last from the Last Jedi and bring fans back and give so much fan service that it kind of just crashed on him. Ugh, that blows. Yeah. So, dude, studios need to stop getting involved. Or not studios, like just people. Like, okay, maybe it is studios. Studios just need to stop getting involved in the director's art. What? Because he didn't you say that he. He had a story for Yeah, it. and then Disney was like, when he said, okay, this ain't going to please all the fans, Disney's like, nope, back to the drawing board, Abrams. Yeah, I think that's... Whoa. What? Dude, the audience score is at 88% right now. What? Okay. I'm pretty excited for tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for yeah. sure. So oh, we're seeing Rise of Skywalker tomorrow, in case any of you like, yep. cared. In XD, bitches. <laughs> I just had to add that. Uh, So the critics' consensus right now for The Rise of Skywalker is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker suffers from a frustrating lack of imagination but concludes this beloved saga with fan-focused devotion. Uh, That's what I I just heard. Fan service. Yeah. It didn't work out well. (laughs) So right now it's at a 57% and it has 272 reviews. Okay. I wonder how this... So, like, neither of us are really, like, huge, diehard fans of yeah. Star Wars. So, I wonder how this movie's gonna go. As long as I get a badass fight between Rey and Kylo Ren, I will walk out satisfied, most likely. Yeah. It needs to be, like, comparable to the Darth Maul fight or the Obi-Wan versus Anakin That's what fight. it needs to be comparable to me cuz that is honest that is probably still my favorite lightsaber fight in Star Wars history. The Anakin and Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan? Yeah, in episode 3. I love that fight so much. It's so great. Mm. Uh 
So yeah, so like we said, the audience score is at 88% right now, but that's only with 25 fan reviews. Ooh. But that's still not bad. It's not bad, but it's also only 25 people. Yeah. But it's better than Cats. Cats. (laughs) (laughs) Cats is at a 19% right now. (laughs) A lot better than I was expecting. (laughs) I was expecting like in the 30s. Really? Yeah. That's what me and my buddy JC were thinking. We're like, we're expecting like in the 30s. Okay. Uh, And the critic consensus for that reads, despite its firm... So many cat puns in this consensus. (laughs) Despite its formidable cast, this cat's adaption is a clawful mistake that will leave most viewers begging to be put out of their musery. It should say meowsery, but it says musery. I am disappointed in you, IMDb. That's Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes, I am disappointed in you. You could have done better. Me too. Kind of, I want to see some of the reviews. Let's see. This this is from Peter Travers. Ooh, he's one of the, yeah, he's one of the most top critics like ever. From Rolling Stone. Stone. Yeah. Ooh. This all star, all awful. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Way to hit it off. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Screen take on the Smash Broadway musical easily scores as the worst movie of the year and arguably the decade. Cat shouldn't happen to a dog. Ooh, shit. Uh, let's see. Cats turns the most. V- v- I'm gonna bu- vacuous. All right, let me see the top one. No, this uh, third one turns vacuous. Ow. Uh, I don't know what that word is. Okay, so I'm not stupid. <laughs> Cats turns the most vacuous stage musical of the 1980s into a big screen litter box. For the hammiest of stars to unload into. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. Uh, let's see. Mara Reinstein from US Weekly. I realize it's not that bad. It won't be used in the Cats advertising campaign. But it is worth noting that the peculiar, peculiar musical does indeed have merit. And Adam Graham from Detroit News kept it short and simple. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they can, like, put in their own style of ratings? He gives it a D minus. Well, because every platform reviews it differently, but Rotten Tomatoes is still able to turn that into, like, a percentage. I'm curious. I'm I'm looking up more of his reviews just to see if... uh, has he reviewed The Rise of Skywalker? Uh, yes. What did he give it? He gave it a C. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm trying to see if he... If he has graded any movie that we've done. If he gave Endgame anything lower than an A-, I'm gonna flip a bitch. Frozen 2. What did he give? So we gave Frozen 2 a B+. He gave Frozen 2 a B-. minus. Okay. Okay. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. We or he gave it a B. We gave it an A minus. Okay. So we're a bit nicer. Um, well, I mean, we haven't reviewed the Rise of Skywalker yet. That so. is true. So we'll see how that one yeah goes. Oh, he's actually done uh, 
Jumanji Next Level. What do you give it? He gave it a D plus. Damn. Jeez. That's about what it is. It says don't bother. Play an old fashioned board game instead. Candyland? (laughs) (laughs) Or shoots and ladders. I want to see if he's done like Rocket Man. Because I doubt he would have done Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. I doubt too. So anyway. Continue. Ooh, Lion King. Yeah, what did we Lion King? We gave a B plus. He also gave a B plus. Really? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Let's see any others. Ah, shit. <laughs> Just can't put me up to the top. Um, Spider Man Far From Home. He gave a B. We gave a B plus. Okay. So he's up pretty on point with our scores. Yay. Uh, Child's Play 2019. We gave a B minus. He gave a C. Okay. Toy Story 4. We both gave a B. Um, Dark Phoenix. So Dark Phoenix, we gave a C minus. He gave a D plus. We're pretty like on point. Yeah. With with his oh Rocket Man, Rocket Man, we gave an A minus. He gave a B plus. Damn, yeah, we really are on point. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then Aladdin, Aladdin, we gave a C plus. He gave a C. Wow, dude, we're like. Neck and neck with this dude. Yeah. Dude, hell yeah. That was probably a lot more movies than I needed to go through, but... Eh, who cares? So, you can definitely tell that Cats is like... I'm still very excited to see it. (laughs) The only reason I'm excited to see it now is so we can grade it and see how close we got to it. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I not... mean, the reviews for The Rise of Skywalker are kind of interesting. That, so someone said, it's too bad that the Star Wars saga has saved the worst for last. She saw The Last Jedi, right? Yeah. Oh, Ooh. sorry, it's a, I'm sorry, it's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, in terms of pure narrative, it's satisfying. What it very rarely is, is inspired. Ooh, damn. Storytelling is solid, and at a time when the CGI in some films is downright embarrassing, the special effects are superb. Okay. I feel that's kind of like a given in any Star Wars movie. Yeah. The effects in Star Wars are pretty... are usually pretty high. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, The only other bit of news that we got is the uh, the behind-the-scenes pictures of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, and honestly... It's just Sebastian Stan in a coffee shop. Or what looked like a coffee shop. Yeah. I am really glad he went back to short hair. I am too. It looks a lot better. And that arm is so badass. Dude, everyone was like talking about how great his hair was in Infinity War and Endgame. It was not. (laughs) I mean, it looked as best as it could. Yeah, I think the best looking long hair that he had was in Winter Soldier. 
Agreed. After that, it just kind of got ridiculous. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, but he's got a badass new arm. Yes, he does. And, oh, um, something else that kind of ties into this. Apparently, he had to go get new Winter Soldier prosthetics because he is getting freaking chiseled. <laughs> <laughs> well, good on him. Yeah, freaking asshole. <laughs> Making us fat boys look bad. <laughs> hey, chubby guys are what's in now. Honestly, that's what I've seen. Dad bods? Yep, dad bods are in. Hell yes. <laughs> uh, Alright, so since we got nothing for this week's sneak peeks, moving on to what's in the box. Uh, this past weekend, surprising no one, Jumanji The Next Level opened number one. Hell yeah! Grossed close to sixty million, which actually Not that was bad. a yeah, it was ahead of uh, industry projections. I think they were expecting like thirty to forty. That's so, always a good yeah turn. Uh, Frozen two brought in another nineteen million. Not bad. Yep. Knives Out brought in another nine million. I still want to go see that. I do too. Uh, Richard Jewell, that new um, Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, brought in uh, close to uh, five million. Brought in about four thousand six hundred million. Uh, and then this is actually, I think, like a disappointment for Blumhouse. Black Christmas only brought in four million. I actually have not heard of Black Christmas. I saw the trailer. It looked interesting, but I mean, I'd go see it on like a five buck Tuesday. <laughs> but I don't know. I, f- I heard that like they try to like really promote like girl power with this movie, and it kind of like blew up in their face. Mm. So, yeah. Um, but it will be interesting this next weekend how well uh, Rise of Skywalker does because they say that it's projected right now to gross about two hundred million, and they say if it grosses between one ninety and two hundred, that's pretty good that's a good opening but if it grosses between 170 and 180 disney might be uh in trouble in what way like it might not make as much as uh the last jedi i i have fairly high expectations for this movie i do too because i think star wars fans in general just are just the general public they're gonna go see a star wars movie Regardless. Now, how often they go to see it? But what about Solo? Ooh, that's true. Yeah. Well, that one also didn't tie into the big overarching story. I don't think... I, I think the reason Solo failed was because... A, Last Jedi. Yeah. And B, no one really gave a shit about Han Solo's origin. And also, they released it in May. Yeah, that I, was I feel Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars movies really only work around Christmas time, it seems. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that. It's just these. This last trilogy have been released in. Okay, true. But other ones. Oh no! Rogue One was released in December as well. Okay, well that one also kind of tie. I kind of tie that one in into the new trilogy bubble. Okay. Just because it Rogue One came out after Force Awakens. All right, true. So that's kind of ha- like what I consider. All right. Okay, I can give you that. Like I even count like um uh, the Mandalorian in like the the new trilogy bubble. 
Just because that's Disney Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. Alright. So, I think... I think they just chose a bad time to release Solo. Because didn't it come out not very long after an Avengers movie? Yeah, it came out, I think, maybe like two or three weeks after Infinity War. Yeah, that was just a terrible call. Yeah. So, I think that's what what did it. Which sucks, because I really enjoyed Solo. I really did. It was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the best movie on the planet. It but wasn't, but I really... Actually, what did we give it? <laughs> I, I really do wish people would have saw it. Deserved to make way more than The Last Jedi. Oh, we we didn't do the our norm our grading format with. Oh Solo. yeah, that's true. Oh shit, damn it! We were still doing the old one with that one. Yeah. Well, damn it. Okay, well then we <laughs> definitely got to do it then. Um. But all right. What do you, this was kind of like a quick like news stuff news recap. But anyway, what do you say we jump into our main event of the evening? Say so let's do it. Time for the main event. Let's play game. Alright, so with our main event of the evening, we'll be doing our All Bros breakdown of Jumanji, the next level. Starring a shit ton of people. I'm yeah, not there even, was a, a lot of people. I'm not even going to say them all. <laughs> so, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split the... Split... English. What's wrong with you? We have split. (laughs) We have split the movies into eight different categories that we grade individually to come to one final grade. We split it into story, writing, acting, character development, the effects, the music, the costumes, and then give it an overall genre grade. So this is more like a personal score than anything. And we decided that the genre of this movie is an action-adventure. So, sure did. Yeah, so let's get into the story. Alright. Settle down for story time, kids. <laughs> I gotta come up with a name for this, considering I'm, I always read them. So, like, I gotta, like, incorporate Rose into something with story time. But it's gotta rhyme. We'll come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, three years after the events of the previous film, Spencer Fridge. I still want to get why, how he got the name Fridge. Is it because he's big? I think it's a football thing. Okay. It's kind of stupid. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. Um, Martha and Bethany have gone their separate ways, but make plans to meet up in Brantford. However, Spencer is apprehensive about meeting up with everyone, especially Martha, whom he put his relationship with on hold due to thinking they have better li- due to thinking they have better lives. On his first night there, he realizes that his time with Jumanji was what made him feel relevant and sets out to return. The next day, Fridge, Martha, and Bethany become concerned when Spencer fails to show up. Heading to his house, they meet Spencer's grandfather, Eddie, who's staying at the house while recovering from hip, sur- hip surgery, and his former friend, Milo Walker. While there, the group discovers that Spencer deliberately kept the broken pieces of the Jumanji game and resolved to go in and get him, but the malfunctioning game sucks in only Fridge and Martha, along with Eddie and Milo, forcing Bethany to reach out to fellow Jumanji player Alex Verkey to help her get in. 
In the game, Martha finds she's back in the Ruby Roundhouse avatar, but Fridge winds up in Professor Oberon's form while Eddie and Milo get Bravestone and Mouse, respectively. And I loved seeing Jack Black play Fridge. That was just fantastic. That was awesome. He's like honestly always my favorite part of these movies. I just love Jack Black. Jack Black's just an amazing character actor. He he really is. He's just fantastic. Uh, after Fridge gets eaten by a python, costing him his first life, NPC guide Nigel Billingsley, and for this like the whole every single time in the, this movie and in the other one when they just like keep pointing out that he's just a. Uh, what, what what an NPC, right? Yeah. And like the jokes that they make about us, just so great. <laughs> uh, so NPC guide Nigel Billingsley informs them the game has changed. A warlord named Jurgen the Brutal, who in this game is responsible for the deaths of Bravestone's parents. That kind of like came out of nowhere. I'm like, okay. Uh, recently stole a magic necklace called the Falcon's Heart. As its magic provides fertility to the land so long as it stays in the sun. A drought struck struck the land when Jurgen stole the jewel. They must retrieve it before he sells it to a crime syndicate so both groups can combine and show it to the sun in order to end the drought and save Jumanji. Nigel drops the group in a desert called the Dunes where they discover that they have a new set of strengths and weaknesses. After escaping a flock of ostriches... At the cost of Eddie's first life, they stop at a nearby oasis. While there, they find Spencer in the body of a new avatar, a female thief named Minged Fleetfoot, who's lo- who loses his first life and apologizes to the group for his mistake. After an encounter with a former lover of Bravestones and her husband Switchblade, Fridge and Martha retrieve an in-game required Jumanji Berry. They also discover a pool of water with a green glow that makes them switch avatars until re-entering the water. Okay, did that feel like that just like came out of nowhere? Like, did they really even explain that? I'm just like, I feel like this is kind of what's the word that like uh, a plot device? Yeah, That's- it was definitely <laughs> a plot device. The so they could have very easily just had the water fall. And, like, everything, like, with that just kind of happened and then, like, just kind of forced it on us really quick. Yeah. I appreciate that they were, that they set it up a little bit. Yeah. But it did come out of nowhere. And it felt, I think the way that I justified it, because that's what I do in these movies, (laughs) anything that doesn't make sense or I don't like, I try to justify. Okay. The game was broken. That's a good point. Ooh, I like that. So it could have just been like glitch water. Ooh. I also You're good at this. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So what I thought <laughs> I wish they would have done something a little bit better with the water cuz I thought with the first interaction that they were eels. Yeah, that did what it kind of seemed like. And also like skipping ahead just a little bit here. When they like, you know, like see that the water when they're on a cliff, on a cliff, and they see like, oh, this is like the water that if we jump in, it switches our characters. Honestly, I wish I think this would have been really funny. Um, you know, in Scooby Doo, like the live action movie, when they do the soul swapping thing, and like they keep uh, like having to switch until they finally end up in their own bodies again. 
it kind of bugged me that like they just jump in and all of a sudden they're their original characters. Yeah, they should have had to jump in a couple times. <laughs> that would have been so funny. <laughs> like, I would have loved to see um, Kevin Hart have to act as Bethany. Dude, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have, like... Uh, I just wish they would have done that. There <laughs> were some, like, jokes that went on too long. Like, which ones? It, like, so for one was when uh, Nigel picks them up in the plane and is... They're going back and forth about, like, okay, who's Jumanji? Yeah, they kind of had to point out way too many times that it was a damn video game. Yes. <laughs> like, so that that I w- was okay with a little bit, just because it's, like, old people in video games. But Danny DeVito, just, come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> no. So then the, the thing that bugged me is, like, the note, and they're going back and forth on the note. It's, it felt like forever. Yeah, they were going that. back and forth on that. Like, if Cinema Sins were to like be talking about this movie, I he, actually leaned over to Brielle and I'm just like, this goes on for some time. <laughs> Literally, this I feel like you know if he does the Cinema Sins for this, when they're doing that, he's just gonna be like, <sighs> like adds like five cents. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That like that bothered me, and I felt like if you would have cut out those ones that where the joke just went a little too long, you could have had time to do something fun with the characters. The one joke that I felt didn't go on for too long, and like it kept getting funnier, was that um, Milo being Kevin Hart, that like you know, like he was a zoologist, his delivery being so slow, I thought that got funnier and funnier. It did. Yeah, that was definitely that was one that like. It definitely, like, yes, it kind of slowed the pacing down of the movie, but at least with the first go around. Yeah. But as it went on, like, the slower, and they had a good way of, like, building up the tension really high. Yeah. And then just kind of, like, keeping you there while Kevin Hart's doing his his little explanation. You're just like, just get to it! <laughs> Dude, like, honestly, like, I felt the 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 main part that I felt that was when he's just like an interesting fact about ostriches when like that whole like storm clouds coming I'm like just get to it already they attack in herds I'm like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's one of the, the that those jokes didn't go on too long yeah I felt because they were supposed to be slow yeah it's the ones that were supposed to be like faster paced that felt slow yeah i i'll agree with you there um and surprisingly it was a lot of the jokes including uh george or uh not george grandpa eddie and the rock like his jokes kind of seemed to go on a little too long yeah I'll, i'll give you that all right uh eddie milo and spencer secure some some dromedary uh, camels to get them through the desert. But after escaping the oasis, Switchblade uses a rocket launcher to take out a life from every teammate after Eddie gets too overconfident on defeating his men into delaying the team. Yeah, I was like, D- shit. <laughs> I felt that was bullshit. <laughs> it I thought that was, was so <laughs> dumb. I'm like, you couldn't think of it. The way I looked at that was they didn't. they did not know a more creative way to make each All of them, of them die? Yeah. Like I, I uh, <laughs> yeah, that that bugged me. 
Uh, problems plague the group. Fridge feels that o- Ober- Oberon's status as a field guide is detrimental to their survival. Spencer is too self-conscious to use Ming's skills properly. Milo's casual attitude keeps him from revealing key info in a timely manner. <laughs> and Eddie's pure acts of carelessness lead to everyone, including himself, losing several lives. Touching on the when they find uh, out like their like new stats and everything, he's <laughs> when Fritz is going through all of them like he you know his like uh con- what what are they called like weaknesses or like he uh sand he's just like how is this guy an uh, avatar an adventure game man it is hot out here <laughs> <laughs> or like when he's like trying to get him into shape I'm just like yeah dude this ain't gonna work I'm sorry <laughs> it was like endurance. He's like, I know but a good way to build it. I endurance. feel like kind of like bad for Jack Black. Like, do you feel he felt felt like a little fat shamed right there? <laughs> I don't know, because Jack Black is not I don't consider him like fat. He's not, yeah. It's like he I think of him more as like husky. Just because he that. does have like in all the movies that he's in, he has like tons of energy. It's true. And and I don't know how how that tolls on his body at all, but it looks like he could just go for days. Seriously though. That's like he's always my favorite part of these movies. Like I'm just saying, like I love Jack Black so much in these movies. Oh, he's amazing. All right. Uh their problems are made worse as Eddie blames Milo for selling their diner behind his back, forcing him into retirement. An argument between the two leads to Milo getting crushed by a giant boulder, costing him a second life. <laughs> Doesn't he get up and he's like, well, that settles that then. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That was, that was very funny. When he's just trying to get in a fight with Bravestone. Doesn't he say he's been taking Tai Chi or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> he starts doing the moves and then he just, like, gets wailed on. Yeah. Uh, After escaping a troop of mandrills at a series of revolving bridges, with Martha losing her second life in the process, the group, now on their last lives, reunites with Alex and Bethany, whose avatar is now a black horse named Cyclone. They still really didn't explain how a horse can be an avatar. Yeah. But, whatever. Uh, They eventually find a river with water similar to what Fridge and Martha found by the Jumanji fruit tree. Spencer, Fridge, and Bethany get their original avatars back, while Eddie and Milo end up as Ming and Cyclone, respectively, but they are captured by Jurgen's men shortly after. In Jurgen's fortress, Fridge and Bethany stall the mercenaries while Spencer and Martha save Eddie, and Alex rescues Milo at the cost of two lives. Yeah, honestly, like, I thought, I, I had a feeling he wasn't going to die, but, like, Honestly, like how easy those first two lives got taken out. I'm like, oh shit, you might not be leaving this game, buddy. Yeah. There's always, I, like, this is just a small detail, and I don't even know if they did this on purpose, but the way that I play video games, especially with one, like, video games where I have limited lives. Yeah. It's always that last one that where you just kind of play it a little better. It's, yeah, you do. Like, I've noticed that, especially in Mario, like, if I have, like, the three lives, and I'm trying really hard to get to the end of the level, and there's just an area I keep dying, once I get to that last life, 
it's like I mean, I eventually die <laughs> just further down, <laughs> but I can get past the point that had me stuck. Yeah. And I think like I don't know if the director did that on purpose or if the writers did that on purpose or what whoever was in charge of that. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it is a true fact, at least with me as a video game player. No, I completely agree, and I actually really did like that added feature that they did. Did we get to see if uh, if he got any additional like perks? No, huh? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, and why couldn't we see the horses' perks? Yeah, I know that was bullshit. <laughs> that was total horse shit. Like when he's like, "Oh, well, that's interesting." I'm like, well, "Show me what's interesting, asshole." Dude, like I love looking at the the freaking stats. Those are always though that was like one of the best parts of the first movie and they did not disappoint with the second one. With these. No, they, actually, I did not like that Jack Black's character got geometry. Why? That was such a bullshit ability. <laughs> Like, because he was, like, throwing out... It felt like he was just throwing out random terms. Like, he's like, you need to jump on the one that's parallel to... Or perpendicular to this one. Or you need to jump on the one that looks like a a rhombus. And I'm like, what? They're all bridges. (laughs) You freaking dumbass. Like, what, what does being good at geometry have to do with swinging bridges? And what were those bridges even attached to? Seriously, though. <laughs> this was some straight-up temple run kind of shit. Yeah, it was freaking horse shit. Speaking of temple run, did you know that they actually made like a kind of Jumanji-based temple run? Really? Yeah, it's on the App Store. That'd be a lot more interesting than the video game they made. Yeah, true. I actually watched the trailer for that on my Xbox. Yeah? Because it was like... Included in the games for gold, like deals with gold. How bad does it look? It looks terrible. <laughs> like it looks like it has zero redeeming qualities. Like we talking PlayStation Two graphics? I'm thinking like N64, PlayStation One. Then which one had better graphics, N64 or PlayStation One? I think because I feel the PlayStation One had better graphics. Yeah. Okay. Damn. N64. Holy shit. It looked rough. Damn. <laughs> Like, the the character models were okay. Yeah. It's just the gameplay looks super janky. I kind of want to play it just to see how bad it is. I did that with uh, Duck Dynasty, the video game. Oh my gosh, that was so bad. Wow. Those were PS... Those were N64 <laughs> graphics. Like, wow. Oh my gosh, dude. Side note, I was trying to play... Um, What's that Mickey game with the paintbrushes? Oh, uh, Mickey's, like, Epic Adventure? Yeah, something like that. I was trying to play that. That game was built for the Wii. Really? It was very much built for the Wii. And it is very much built for two players. Oh. Like, I thought it was going to be like I could switch back and forth between Mickey and Oswald. Oswald. Yeah. You can't. Like you have, like anything you need Oswald to do, you have to walk up to, and then a little thing like a thought bubble pops above Mickey, and then you ha- can press a button. Yeah. But there are like chests and stuff 
that you can that you need to activate with Oswald's remote that does electricity. And they don't like that bonus stuff. You can only do story related things. So is this an epic Mickey 2? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say cuz I don't even think Oswald was in the first one. Well, yeah, not as second. a playable character right. at least. Yeah, so yeah, I think it was the, the second one. Okay. But yeah, very much built for the Wii. It is so annoying to play. Like I I had I uninstalled it from my Xbox. Like I Damn. had it free. But so, still, the fact that you uninstalled it. Yeah. Damn. And it wasn't even like a I was trying to free up space on installation either. It, it just it's like I it I hated it so much I had to get rid of it. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, it was it's very much built for the Wii, very much built for two players cuz you can't do any of the bonus shit. It's so annoying. Huh. Interesting. And then so it's you remember Wipeout? Yes. So you know how like when you're shooting the balls like it has that target? Yeah. It has that target in this, like the in the game. Yeah, like that's how you control your like where your paint goes. Okay, but it also controls your camera. So you, oh. so if you want to like look to the right and like, let's say you're turning, you're doing something completely on the right of the screen, and you're spraying your paint, yeah. and you want to turn to the left, you have to wait until your target the target goes all the way to the left of your screen to turn left. That is dumb. It is ridiculously dumb. But I do remember that was literally how every Wii game was. Yeah. So, freaking hate it. Anyway, back to Jumanji <laughs> and the story. Uh, Alright. So in Jurgen's Fortress, Fridge and Bethany stall the mercenaries while Spencer and Martha save Eddie and Alex rescues Milo at the cost of two lives. While the group holds Jurgen's men off, Spencer gets in a fight with Jurgen inside an airship and uses the Jumanji Berry, Jurgen's only weakness, to in- in- incapacitate. I said that right, right? Yep. Okay, perfect. Him long enough to send Jurgen falling to his death. Milo's avatar is revealed to have retraceable wings, and with Eddie riding him, they fly to help Spencer. He gets the Falcon's heart to Eddie and Milo, who expose it to the sunlight and save Jumanji. Eddie, Spencer, Fridge, and Martha, Bethany, and Alex return to the real world. Due to the fact that he was dying and was only there to make up with Eddie, Milo elects to stay behind and protect Jumanji. I thought that was cool. That was really cool. I I really liked that. I wish that someone would have, like, swapped bodies. <laughs> so he could, like, talk to him. Yeah, but... that would have been nice. But it was a very nice sentimental moment. Yeah, it was. In the aftermath, Spencer starts teaching his grandfather about video games and reunites with his friends at Eddie's Old Diner, where Eddie uses Bravestone's smoldering intensity to convince the new Aura, Nora Shepard, a character from the first film, reprised by B.B. Norrith to bring him on as a manager. In a mid-credits scene, a heating mechanic a heating mechanic Spencer's mom hired finally shows up. They find the game in the basement, and the mechanic's tinkering presumably sucks them both into the game and releases a flock of ostriches into the real world, which Spencer, Fridge, Martha, and Bethany witness from outside the diner. 
I don't think it sucked them in. I think it pushed it out. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think so too. I don't think anyone was sucked into the game. Yeah, it just came to came to life. Yeah. Uh, the the things with this Jumanji or with this uh, sequel. The way that they get to Jumanji is kind of janky. It is a little bit. Um, like, it's just Spencer seriously just disassociating himself with it, or kind of pushing his friends away. Yeah. And then being like, I was only worth anything in Jumanji, and then wanting to go back. Also, the fact, okay, when he, like, you know, like, opens the box or whatever that has, like, the like the Jumanji part still in it. Why the hell was the game, like, literally the only thing that was, like, literally looked, had not been touched? Yeah. It wasn't crushed at all. Wouldn't that be, like, the first thing that you take the biggest hammer you can find to? Yeah, not the console exactly. itself. Exactly. The game. Yeah, that's why I felt it was janky. It's just, because I remember them, like, storing it away. Or... It's been a, a little bit since I've seen Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, me too. I forget what happens to it, but I do remember them getting rid of it. Yeah. And, yeah, that just kind of got retconned a little yeah, bit. Wait, don't they, like, crush it in, like, an alleyway and, like, Fridge throws a bowling ball on it? Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, that's. That, I think that's how I'm remembering it. Yeah, so he goes back and, like, collects the pieces and it's it's just kind of like why he was in a good place yeah so why would he need all of that stuff again yeah he had so. an awesome group of friends he had a beautiful girlfriend like dude he had it made in high school <laughs> like come on be better i mean so, i get some of us had to go through su- school single asshole <laughs> i mean i get you know like a lot of people say that you know after high school everything changes and it does but for us for it's for the better true <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to deny that. It really did. Um, we ain't those basic bitches that peaked in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just the, just the fact that he's just like, you know what? I don't think I'm good enough for my girlfriend. And, you know, like, school is still shit. Which, honestly, like, I'm kind of surprised that, like, he was still getting pushed around at college. Because usually, like, college, like, nobody gives a shit. Like, there's like no food chain anymore. Like everyone's was he getting bullied at, in college. Or like he was just like getting bumped into a lot. But at the same time, that is New York. Well, so. that wasn't college. That was just this being on the street. No, this was like also like as he was walking down the steps of school. Like people were bumping into him as he was as they were going no. into the school. I don't remember that. No, I don't know. Maybe I'm losing my mind. I could be. Yeah, I don't remember him being at the school at all. Really. Yeah. I remember him leaving the school. I just remember him. I, I swear it did show like one shot of him leaving the school. No, I thought it was him getting out of his apartment. Was that his apartment? And then walking down the street. Oh, was that his apartment? Yeah, because he was get, trying to get on the subway. Oh, my bad. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, how do you think this story worked? Um, I don't feel it worked as well as the first one did. Um, Agreed. Because there was so much going on. There was a ton going like, on. Like, damn. Um, but honestly, like, I feel, uh, 
because it didn't really set up a sequel, there wasn't really a lot of places to go with a sequel. Yeah. And I can understand why they made a sequel, because the movie made a shit ton of money. Yeah. I think if they would have set something up, like, kind of, with the first one, it felt like they shut the door. Yes, it did. And that I think that's the issue. If they would have found a way where it's like, okay, either way you go, there it there could be a sequel, there could not be a sequel. Yeah. But since they did a sequel and it felt like they shut the door on the first one, this one felt like it was very didn't need to happen, at least in the beginning. Yeah, I, I agree. But, I mean, at least with this one, they do set up that a third one could happen. Or right. or is it a fourth one? I don't... Like, are we? Do we include the original Jumanji with Robin Williams in this? I don't. Series. Okay, so well, it is... I guess you could, because the game changed from a a board, board game, game to, to a video game. Yeah. As much as like honestly, like as much as I love that version of Jumanji, I actually like Jumanji a lot better as a video game. I think it works better as a video game. It does. Like, I love the idea that when you get sucked in, you're sucked in as a video game avatar. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's way cool. So, the the premise, like, the whole premise didn't, like, it didn't feel like it had very, it didn't have legs to walk on. Yeah, but I did appreciate that they did try to change a lot up. Like, they didn't. Uh, you know, going to repeat the story. Yeah, like they didn't end up in the exact same bodies. Not all of them actually got sucked into the game. I thought that was pretty funny that Bethany was just like, uh, guys, what the (laughs) hell happened? (laughs) That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty great. Um, but so I do appreciate the changes that they made and just, you know, like them trying to make it seem like this sequel needed to happen. But like I said, the fact that like there was just so much going on, like sometimes it felt like, the movie just needed to like maybe just slow down a little bit. Yeah. It's the way after you get past the way they got there, the story's pretty solid. It is. It really is. Not as solid as the the first one though. No. Uh-uh. So, what are you thinking with the story grade? I'm kind of like in like the mid 70s. What do you think? I'm around there too. I'm like like 75. Not quite 75. I'm like 74. Okay, I can give you Just that. Just because I think there have been better stories. Oh, yeah, there has. In our 75 range. Yeah. So, 74? Yeah, I can give you that. Sweet. If it wants to. Yeah. Come on, Del. Oh, there we go. Okay, there we go. All right, next up, writing. I feel the writing was pretty solid. I think it was too. Like again, once you get past the janky opening, yeah, the writing really picks up. The comedic beats hit pretty well. There are issues with the jokes going on too long. Some jokes going on yeah, too long. But overall, like everything that like the avatar says definitely feels like something like the kid would actually say. Yeah. Um it what I feel the writing was a bit better than the story. I completely agree. Absolutely. Um, what are you sitting with the writing? I wouldn't say it's in the eighties. I think it's like maybe yeah, like I. 
I would say I'm at like like a 78 or 79. It's close, but it's not there. I could do 78. Okay, let's do 78 then. All right, next up we got acting. This so is the are... highest for me. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Well then. <laughs> Damn, okay. He just puts it bluntly like that. Okay, so we got Dwayne Johnson playing Dr. Smolder Bravestone, who is played by both Spencer and Grandpa Eddie. We got Kevin Hart, who plays Franklin Mouse Finbar, who is played by Fridge and Milo. Yep. We got Karen Gillan, who is who plays Ruby Roundhouse, who is played by Martha for a majority. And then for like a minute, Fridge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then we get Jack Black, who plays Professor Shelley Oberon, who is played by Fridge Mm -hmm. and Bethany. Bethany. Uh, We also got Aquafina, who plays... Ming Fleetfoot, who is played by Spencer and Uncle Eddie. Grandpa Eddie. Grandpa Eddie. Shit. <laughs> what did I say? Uncle Eddie. Damn it. <laughs> Are you thinking of uh, um, a, uh, a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> and then lastly, we got Danny DeVito, who plays Grandpa Eddie. Yeah. And only Grandpa Eddie. <laughs> All right, so first off, let's actually let's go from the bottom and move our way up. Okay. So first off, Danny DeVito is Grandpa Eddie. I I really liked him. I thought he did a good job. I liked him too. Uh tr- I think he tried to do a lot of physical humor. Yeah, the whole um when the kids first show up and uh, Bethany's just like, do you need any help? Does it look like I need any help? And he like freaking like literally falls into the table and yeah, is trying to like. felt a little like over the top. It did. Me. I'm just like, huh, hey, we get it. Uh. <laughs> we get it. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> um, Like all the speaking he did was, was really good. Yeah. It was the physical aspect of his acting that kind of drops his score for me. Uh, okay, I can give you... I can agree with you on that one. Yeah, so... He was really funny throughout all of it. Had some, like, good comedic beats, but there were definitely some over-the-top parts. Like, at the, the, the end, when he's talking to the new owner of the restaurant, Nora, Yeah, and he does the smolder, a little over-the-top, dude. Yeah, I, I'll give you that one. Yeah, so... What are you thinking? Are you in the 70s or 80s? I'm in the 70s. Is it at least the high 70s? I'm mid-70s. Damn it. <laughs> Can you give me a 76? Uh, yeah, I can do a 76. Okay. All right, next up we got Aquafina, who plays Ming Fleetfoot. And she is both Spencer and Grandpa Eddie. I almost said uncle again. (laughs) (laughs) So this is actually the first movie I've ever seen with Aquafina. I've never seen anything with her. 
I've I saw I've, her in Crazy Rich Asians. I still have not watched that. Oh, I so. bought it and I need to watch it. I freaking love her. I cannot wait to watch Crazy Rich Asians. She is fantastic. She is great. She, she is a great actress. So she plays kind of the, at least in Crazy Rich Asians, she plays more how she was when she was Grandpa Eddie. Okay. So like the, like that kind of <laughs> persona a little bit. Okay. I'm when she was more Spencer, now. <laughs> yeah, when she was Spencer. That I hadn't seen her talk like that, like kind of just like, like normal. normal. <laughs> so that you're just like, well, who the hell are you? Yeah, and she did a really good job at switching back. Yeah, and forth. she did. So I put her above Danny DeVito. Oh yeah, I do too. As much as I love Danny DeVito, um, honestly, like sometimes I feel it's kind of hard to compare just Danny DeVito's performance to the other people that just played actual avatars. Yeah, but it's. I think with grading his versus theirs, they have a lot more to do. That's with true. Playing different people. So my, Danny DeVito, he was playing one person. So that kind of b- brings up my question: Should we really even include Danny DeVito anymore, or should we just include the people that actually played avatars? He was in there a significant amount of time. Yeah, but you could also honestly say that a lot about the kids. Like they were, he kind of mm. was in. It seemed like it, dude. Not really. I don't. I don't know. It's kind of no. Like, you think about this. Think about it like this: Danny DeVito interacted with Spencer first. Uh-huh. And there was a, a very significant interaction with them. He interacted with the kids a little bit. Like with the other kids, you see him at the diner and then you see him interact with Grandpa Eddie. Yeah. And so that's why cuz there's those two clumps of time where he's interacting with Spencer and then the group with the kids and then the with Milo. Uh, Milo. Okay. On their own. Okay. So, like, those tiny little clumps, like, Spencer was only in there for, like, a little clump of time. The kids were only in there for a little clump of time. Milo was only in there for a clump. But the consistent part of those was Uncle Eddie. All right. That's a good point. (laughs) I hate you. I freaking hate you. I still like doing Danny DeVito wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Aquafina. I... Like, I feel like Danny DeVito could have earned, like, if he would have stopped with the physical over-the-topness, I could have easily given him in the the mid-80s. Okay. But it was the -the over-the-top shit that pushed him down a lot for me. Yeah, it probably wasn't his choice. Yeah, probably not his choice. Yeah. Um, Aquafina, on the other hand, so she had to play two different personalities. And it, she did really good with both of them. She she really did. So, uh, she's she's definitely in the '80s for me. She, I, I'm like her emotional beats were really good. Her comedic beats yeah. were fantastic. I'm in the upper '80s, maybe I, not like closer to '90, but just upper '80s, like like '87. I'm around 87. Okay. 87 it is for Aquafina. All right. Next up, we got Jack Black, who is Professor Shelley Oberon. Oberon. Oberon, whatever. Whatever. 
Uh, honestly, I would give him higher than Aquafina, and oh yeah, he's in the nineties for me. He is out of all of these, he's probably the best. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like I'm I, like, even going can... up to Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson. Honestly, I'll wait to get to The Rock, but I got some things to say. Oh, I got some things to say too. <laughs> good or bad? Not great. Uh, me neither. <laughs> okay, good. We're on the yeah. same page so, here. Jack Black, he had to play Bethany, and he played Fridge. Yes. And he did great at both of them. Yep, he was fantastic. Oh my gosh, so good. <laughs> the whole... is I feel the best judgment, or the best case between both Kevin Hart and Jack Black's acting is the whole part where they're talking about like how they're the brothers... Uh, what is it? Brothers like Grimsby or something like that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, but the whole, the whole part how like Kevin Hart was the one brother that had his balls cut off and just the banter back and forth between them was fantastic. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, his performance as Fridge was awesome. I think he he played like. A black guy, <laughs> really well. He he did without going like too far. Yeah, like kept it very well in the, like the. I think like some like the only issues I had with his performance when he was playing Fridge was when he was kind of exclaiming a little loud, like. <sighs> I I'm, I can't like think of like how to, else to describe it, but other like when he was yelling like, "Man, it's hot out here." Yeah, like, that's kind of how Fridge was in real life. Yeah, no, like I get that. That's how he was act. It's just the the accent more or less that he was trying to go for felt a little off. I disagree. Not, I think I it's feel just, he nailed wait, it. Honestly. That like that's just a minor like a really minor gripe. With, that knocks with off any points. I'm it's, kicking it your doesn't ass. knock off. It doesn't okay. knock off any points. Okay, it's just I felt like those like moments were a little weird, but like the rest of it, he was fine. Okay. So what are you thinking with Jack Black? Honestly, I'm at like a 95. Uh, more around like 93. Can we meet in the middle with a 94? I can do 94. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we got Karen Gillan plays Ruby Roundhouse, who was played by Martha. <laughs> yep. So I feel she's about on the same level as Aquafina. She is. Yeah. She. Karen Gillan's character, it doesn't feel like she's playing anyone other than her. It does a little bit. But. Like, really, Ruby Roundhouse is just an American Karen Gillan. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, but so. I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, I'm not either. She, I think the, the highlight was when uh, her and Fridge swapped avatars for a little bit. Oh, that was fantastic. And she was... She played Fridge for a little bit. That was pretty fun. That... So I think she might be a little higher than Aquafina for me. Okay. But barely. Okay, I can give you that. So we gave Aquafina an 87. So an 88? I can 88. Okay. Yeah, sounds good to me. 
Just like the fact that when uh um um Martha is in Jack Black's body and he's just like, You better not be checking me out or anything. He's like, dude, first things that I looked at were <laughs> Dude, that's like the <laughs> that's like the first thing any guy would do like, if he suddenly became a woman. Seriously, like going back to Scooby Doo when uh it's uh when Fred goes into Daphne's body at first and um, it's just uh Daphne and Velma and he she's just like, Whoa, Fred and he's just like, I didn't know what else to do, I panicked and all this stuff. And he looks at himself, he's like, Hey, I can look at myself naked. And I was like, Oh brother and she heads out and you see him pull down his shirt and look at the Dude, it's funny because in the movie you think you're, like you're visualizing like Freddie Prince Jr.'s doing that, <laughs> but or like you you visualize Freddie doing that, yeah. When it's really just the actress doing it to herself, <laughs> like it's less creepy once you think like, oh, that's just her doing it to herself, yeah. But yeah, when it's like when you think it's Fred, <laughs> it's a little creepy, <laughs> yeah. But I think but they played that off really they well did. without going over the top. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, just a couple points above. Okay. Uh, next up, we got Kevin Hart, who plays Franklin Mouse Finbar. And he was portrayed by Milo and Fridge. Yep. And once again, Kevin Hart was my second favorite of these movies. Freaking nailed it. Yes. <laughs> Him, him talking slow like that was so fantastic. <laughs> I, yeah, I loved when he was uh, Milo. Yeah, he, he was like, it was cool to see him back as Fridge, but I want to see him more. I wanted to see him more as Milo because <laughs> he did so great. He did so good. Like, he nailed, like, the way that Milo talked. Yeah, he really did. Um, Danny Glover, right? Yeah, Danny Glover. Okay. Yeah. He, oh, so fantastic. Oh, so good. So good. Um, I, I'm glad we got to see a little bit more of his... Like, I was always thinking throughout this movie, like, he's the backpack guy. Like... <laughs> He hasn't pulled shit out of his backpack. Like, he fired off a rocket launcher, like, yeah. on accident. But the fact that, like, as uh, one of the ostriches is grabbing him, when, like, all that shit is flying out of um his bag, I'm like, okay, I'll bet you, like, they're going to make a joke that, like, oh, shit, we needed some of that. Like, during later in the movie, but they never did. Yeah. But it's ex- like a video game. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it w- was really funny when... um. Uh, Bravestone asks, like, oh, do you have any, like, ice climbing equipment? He's like, you mean like this? <laughs> it's labeled that? <laughs> that? That was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I when he, that. Like, I like that they incorporated the backpack a I, lot I did, too. More. But, okay, I know this is, like, a video game, but I did not expect him to just be like, oh, hey, look, I got a, I, I got a, a boombox in my uh, backpack. Here you go. Do your like kung fu fight and shit. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's kind of like a plot, a little bit of a plot device, isn't it? 
But at the same not time, not really. It's that not. Was, yeah, that was more played for humor. Yeah, and it is anything. a video game, so yeah, I can let that go. I mean, like you, you, the more the plot device was just more him pulling out the ice equipment. Yeah, but you also have to think in a video game setting. Yeah, your care it could they could show your character losing stuff out of their bag, but he's not going to. That's true, and it's like an. It's kind of like Minecraft, like, or not even Minecraft, like, just any game where you have an inventory, like, you seriously expect that character to be carrying around all this shit in this dinky little bag? Yeah. Like, in Skyrim, for me, like, I have multiple things in my inventory that are just not plausible in real life. That's kind of like, like I what I loved about... <laughs> I have like multiple different rocks, multiple gemstones, gold up the freaking asshole. <laughs> like all these things, like I carry like five different swords on me. Damn. Like how ridiculous would that be look in real life? Speaking <laughs> of that, like that's what I appreciated about Rockstar with Red Dead Redemption 2 is literally you couldn't have it unless you could carry it on your person. Like you could tell that like Arthur was carrying something that you had. But yet, flashback to Grand Theft Auto Five, and like the arsenal that you could have, like the whole like uh like um oh, freaking rocket launcher. Yeah, rocket launcher, a grenade gun. I'm like, where the hell is Michael keeping that? Like seriously, I will agree. Red Dead does it a little bit better, but you also got to think of all the stuff. Like I had. In my inventory, at least, I had multiple birds, all types of, like, pocket change that I never got around to selling. Yeah, but wasn't that a lot of that kept on your horse, though? Or did you keep that on your person? No, that was on my person. Oh. Like, oh. in my in the satchel, oh, I had, shit. like, all the, the coin, or the pocket watches, the rings, all that stuff, and along with, like, some of the birds. Because the birds, yeah. like, sometimes you, like, if you pluck the birds... He just shoves them in his satchel. Well, apparently you had a Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I, I imagine. I'm like, okay, you gotta kind of let go of that that disbelief a little yeah. bit. Which I'm I'm apparently able to do better than you. Apparently. <laughs> so I just, I just feel it kind of would have been funny if like they made a joke about that like later on, like Oh shit! I forgot that we lost a bunch of this shit. But then, like when he opened, he's like, "Well, wait, how the hell is it all still here?" Yeah, that would have been pretty yeah, good. Yeah. So, what are you thinking for Kevin Hart? Uh, he's like honestly probably like a. He's definitely not as high as Jack Black, right? But only like a nod lower. So I'm like at like a ninety or a ninety-one. I'm like 91. Okay. I can do 91. All right, 91 it is. All right, and lastly, we got Dwayne Johnson, who played Dr. Smolder Bravestone. Honestly, I felt he was the worst out of the main four. He was. Like, he did not... I, I'm sorry. I did not see... I think he was below Aquafina. He was. <laughs> he really was. Because, honestly, I did not feel like this was Danny DeVito... In The Rock's body. No, it was like an old, retired Florida man. Yeah. E exactly. Like, Aquafina played Danny DeVito better than The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because he doesn't have like a crazy, like Danny DeVito doesn't have a crazy accent, but he was saying Jumanji. Yeah. And like, are we in Florida? Or actually, I think I said that better than him. I think you did. (laughs) (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) So we gave Aquafina an 87. And just because his. Actually, was he better than. I, I, I'll i say he was better than Danny DeVito. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. I. What do you I'm think? I'm going to get an 80. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So. That brings our. Total acting grade to an 86. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, next up we got character development. This one's tough. Yeah, who actually had development? Spencer? Spencer did. Or so you got... or well, no, actually what about Grandpa Eddie? Learning to like that finally accept my uh, you know, like the decisions forgive. that yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can do Grandpa Eddie. Yeah. So he started off just being like very, like a very ornery, bitter old man pissed off at one of his friends for yeah. making a decision for the two of them and throughout like they argued about it a lot and then he kind of like they had a really nice moment as the rock and kevin hart yeah i love that, that was great like that showed just how like good of an actor. I Kevin also Hart did is. appreciate that they didn't have to say like what medical disease he had that was the reason why he had so little time. I feel like some movies are like, okay, we have to say what he has. No, honestly, if you just say you don't have a lot of time, you, it's still very emotional. Yeah, and it could be anything. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are just like, we need something sad. Cancer. Like That's they throw that like- in just to be sad. And it doesn't always work out. It doesn't. But in this, it it worked out because they didn't d- address it directly. Yeah, they they never said what disease he had. Yeah. So I really appreciate. I did. That. I did too. Then he gets to a point where they just kind of like forgive each other, or they he finally, forgives. Like they finally start forming a friendship again. Yeah, and then they have ends to break up it off. Fart. And that was sad. That was I'm like, really sad. Damn. It wasn't the best development story. No, but it was it was pretty good though. It was. I think it was like a mid level one. Like I, I could see it being in like maybe like eighty two. I can give you eighty two. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think it's higher or anything? No, not higher than that. <laughs> no, I think 82 is a good score. Okay, next up we got effects. I, I was never really like, uh, throughout the movie I was never like, okay, yeah, that was like totally CGI. The only time I ever felt that was with the horse. I didn't even feel that way. Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh! So going back to the emotional moment between Eddie and Milo, yeah, the the scene that they were looking out on, like at the mountain, yeah, very green screen. 
Oh, yeah. Very, very green screen. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely out of docking for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that was one that, like, stood out, like, hard. Yeah, that, ooh. <laughs> uh, everything else, though. I mean, I, I can maybe, definitely. Maybe the ending scene with the blimp. That one seemed a little janky at times. Yeah, that Especially did. Especially when it was, like, getting tore open. Yeah, that it did. It didn't look great. I mean, it, overall, the effects were pretty good. They were. They honestly um, really were. The ostriches were a bit fake. Yeah. Especially the final shot when they're running down the road. Yeah, that, that looked, looked fake as shit. <laughs> like, Damn. Yeah, and obviously, like, it's, it's just, like the original it's more like Jumanji consistency. <laughs> yeah. There were scenes that were really good, and then there were scenes that weren't. Yeah. And I think one of the scenes, like, there actually, there's another scene. <laughs> when Spencer and Martha are climbing up the, the ice wall. Oh, shit, yeah. Ugh, that just brought it down a more. <laughs> I was in, like, the low 80s. I'm in the mid-70s now. Yeah, I am, too. Because, honestly, looking back at now, the whole, like, any scene with, like, the... What was the horse called again? Uh, Let's just call it the horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> looking back now, like, yeah, it, any part with it flying did seem a little bit iffy. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, I'm definitely in the 70s. Where are you sitting? I'm at like a 73. 73? Yeah. I was thinking 75, but as low, but I can definitely do 73. <laughs> okay. I have no heart feelings about that at all. <laughs> all right, next up, music. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the part when they like start walking out of the uh, water and they're playing Welcome to the Jungle, I'm just like, of course. Of course you're playing that. Didn't they play that in the first one? Yeah, they did. But I'm just like, of course you start playing that. I mean, it's a good-ass song, so I wasn't complaining. It is complaining. a good song, but it doesn't improve. Like, it felt out of place. It did a little bit. I don't know what song they could have done other than that, but it just felt weird. I'm like... Pretty low with my the music grade. Six? I was around five. <laughs> I wouldn't put it that low. Yeah? Yeah, I'm at like a six. Alright, let's see. What else we've given? Okay, we have not given anything below. A seven. Okay, so Lion King oh. was a six. Okay, I can go five. <laughs> Asshole. Because, <laughs> like, other than that, is there any music that stood out to you? Not really. That was it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we got costumes. Okay. I know The Rock is very large and he's ripped, but why is he the only one that doesn't have to wear a jacket when they get the winter clothes? He just wears a vest and some long wool sleeves. Okay. Come. All kidding aside, that vest looked really cool. <laughs> it did. But I want Jack Black's hat. 
Yeah, that hat looked warm. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, <laughs> it's also a video game. That's true. Also, um, <laughs> why was Kevin Hart the only one that was given snow pants? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm just wondering. The cost. So, like, the costumes are pretty much in line with the first one. Yeah, which I appreciated. Yeah, and they, they were good. They Like, I think they had some really good designs to them. And I liked how they kind of kept what the personality in them. Like, Ruby Roundhouse's winter outfit was still red and, it like, and black. Like, kept to her colors. Yeah. And kind of made it look like how she did like just like a winterized version of what she was wearing in the desert in the jungle yeah so it this might be a little higher for me i think it definitely is like i I don't think anything like stood out as like absolutely incredible i'm like eight okay yeah i'll do an eight where were you at i was at like a seven but we're doing eight (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, and then an overall genre grade. How did this work as an action-adventure film? Overall, it's a very solid sequel. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, but honestly, like I walked in with the first one expecting to hate it because I grew up with the original Jumanji. Um, but... Considering, like you pointed out, they did not set up a sequel really at all in the yeah. first one, um, and what they were able to do with the sequel and just you know, like whole like, kind of like the glitches with the game and all this stuff, like I feel it worked for this story. So I'm at like for me, I'm probably at like a seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah, I'm actually in the upper seventies too. Um, not quite seventy nine. I'm like seventy seven, seventy eight. Okay. Um, just because I felt it was felt a little underwhelming coming out of this. I can agree with you there. And I don't know what it was missing. And I think it was just, it very well could have just been that key aspect where it's like, it didn't really need a sequel. But I mean, you can basically say that about any movie. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, unless they leave you on a cliffhanger. Yeah. But the the first one did. Infinity War. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. really quickly speaking, do you still get like chills watching that ending? Oh because, hell yeah! <laughs> okay, it's just like so because for a second, I a uh, couple months ago, I actually forgot how they did the credits of that movie. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go watch, go back and watch it. I forgot that like there's no emotion put into any of the any of it. It's just like depressing ass music and then just names. Yep. <laughs> so. I think I'm, I'm leaning more towards a 78. I can definitely give you a 78. 78? Yeah. Okay. All right. And that concludes this breakdown. And our final grade for Jumanji The Next Level is... C+. Which isn't terrible. That I mean, that's... It's fair. It is. And I actually think that is a very good grade. It's better than Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> yeah. So it came out to a 77.6%. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Like it's it's a good movie. It's worth a watch. 
it it's is. not one I see myself wanting to go see again. I mean, I'm definitely unless gonna... the unless the third one takes forever, and then I need like a recap. <laughs> Considering this movie's already making a lot of money, I doubt it's gonna take a while. Yeah, it's already made over two hundred million. Oh, okay, then yeah, we're gonna get another one very soon. Yeah, <laughs> I expect. Um, I mean, I'll definitely be picking this up on Steelbook when it comes out. Yeah. Which now. I regret not picking the first one up on Steelbook. I just have it on regular <laughs> Blu-ray. But Best Buy does have like a double feature of the original and uh, Welcome to the Jungle. But what's really... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling here. Um, but with this Steelbook, it's kind of weird because it says Jumanji double feature, but yet it just showcases The Rock, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillan, and Jack Black when they, like, they're in the water and it just shows like their nose and above. Yeah. So I'm like... Okay, isn't that kind of like a disservice to Robin Williams' Jumanji? Like, you don't even showcase his movie on the cover when it's a Jumanji double feature? Yeah. <laughs> At least, ha- like, Photoshop him into the water, too. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. So, it's... <sighs> Most of these movies that we do, even though, like, some of them are, like, really low, they're worth at least as a... A viewing. If you haven't seen them, they're Can worth... we say that, though, about Fifty Shades of Grey? Uh, <laughs> I got you there. Bastard. <laughs> uh, I guess not. <laughs> so, a C plus, so a 77% actually puts it a little lower than Aladdin. I think I enjoyed it more than Aladdin, but... That's me. Um, it puts it above Unfriended. Oh, yeah. True that. And it puts it one point above The Adams Family. D- d- that's it? Damn. Yeah, and then... <laughs> that kind of makes me sad. It's two <laughs> points below Good Boys. Okay. Good Boys was really good. Yeah. I think we might have been a little too nice with the Adams family. <laughs> uh, I don't well, know. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel I enjoyed Jumanji in the next level more than the Adams family. Well, it shows that we did. I know. <laughs> by but like, one oh, point. Yeah, by one point. <laughs> so, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. These ratings can't be changed no matter how much one of us wants them to. Yep. We stick by what we say. Justice for Toy Story 4. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like we said, that concludes this breakdown of Jumanji The Next Level. If you like this episode and want to check out more, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, or Spotify. You can also check out all of our content on YouTube. New videos will be headed your way shortly. Yes, finally. Hell yeah. We actually found something that works for us. Um, you can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Albros. We are on Twitter at the Albros, Instagram at the Albros. Uh, you can also email us at the Albros channel at gmail.com or go to our website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros. Uh, you can also go to our store if you so desire. 
We are on teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash the Alboros. No punctuation, no spacing, no nothing. Uh, so yeah, if you have a movie you want us to break down uh, in the future, a showdown idea, uh, want to give us a topic to do a Dreamcast on, you can email us or message us on social media. Um, we also have a form you can fill out on our website, which is all listed in the description. And we would love to hear from you. Next week, which is the day after Christmas, we will be breaking down Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. So we will see how that goes. (laughs) All right. Well, until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next time time. Deuces. So long. Farewell. Avita Shadu. Name that movie. Isn't that um Over the Hills or something like that? Okay, that's one of the songs that's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Ah, shit. What is it? Sound of music. Damn it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>